the Infinity Bros podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. Here again with you, grateful to be with you this evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thank you for making us part of your weekday or month. I'm your host, Max Mosier, here with two other Infinity Bros today. First, we have Infinity Bro Isaac. Isaac, how are you? I'm doing great, Max, and I would like to say to you and to Mark, I told you so. That's all I would like to say. Told you so with what? No, what'd you tell us? We'll find out. Hmm. Well, right, if that's well. anything to do with what happened in episode five, I made that call way before. You probably did, but Max didn't, so I can still say I told you so. I didn't Max. make any calls. He's referencing WandaVision. We'll talk about that later. But before we get to the preview of our show, let's get to Infinity Bro. Mark, Mark, how are you? Oh, I'm excited to be back. It's been too long to not talk about WandaVision with Infinity Bros. Universe. <laughs> For real, dude. Any amount of time, honestly, is too long with not talking about it. Do you think, Mark, people, because you and I are probably on, at least one of us is on, I'd say, 80 to 90% of these episodes. Do you think last week people saw that you and I weren't on and just checked out? I hope not. I, hope I think they saw the, that the you weren't on and rejoiced gross. and finally listened to an episode. Yeah. Like rejoice that Max was not on? Maybe both. I don't know. Who knows? Well, if it's just Max, I'm all in. If it's both of us or me, I'm I'm out. I'm selling that. <laughs> selling that hard. Selling that for a Bottom loss. five worst banter we've ever had to start <laughs> off a show. No question about it. Uh, welcome to the Infinity Bros podcast. As I said at the top, I am your host, Max Mosier. You can check us out at theinfinitybros.com. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow us on Twitch at underscore the underscore infinity underscore bros. The name still sucks, but the content is above average. <laughs> above average at best Robbie is starting to get into streaming he's got a sweet setup and uh, I, I personally love Robbie's backgrounds because he's got a lot of Funko Pops to show off so make sure you're checking him out Jarrett and Isaac throughout the week uh, Mark Zane and I sneak in there as well but make sure you check out those three they're, they're doing some great stuff on Twitch we're going to talk about WandaVision episode 4 and 5 it's probably why you're here listening to us right now we're going to start that on the top of the show that will be a spoiler review we're going to talk about the new Black Panther TV show, Disney Plus, five-year deal for Ryan Coogler. Uh, you won't want to miss that. Watchmen getting a, uh, the Watchmen writer, excuse me, um, being attached to the Blade Project, and a couple other of uh, little bits. We'll bring back our buy or sell segment, um, and the we're going to do a little bit of that. Mark's pun intended. Segment of all time. It is Mark's. It's become Mark's favorite segment, no question. He feels like the Wolf of Wall Street at the end of it. <laughs> like he's cashing in on his his bets of rumors that. Nobody knows. When it was first pitched during our pitch meeting, our roundtable meeting that we have uh, once a quarter, I was, I was like, I, I wanted to sell it right away when Max brought it up. But once we did it, I was all in. You, you did the bit where you got in front of everybody and you were like getting ready to sell all the things. You looked at us. All of us had the sad, gloomy faces. You know, I've been leaving. No, I've been leaving. The show goes on. Uh, but let's talk about WandaVision episodes four and five. Uh, this may be your first time listening, so we want to make sure that you're familiar with our rating system. So we're going to go ahead and put that bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. 
If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an Infinity Step. Additionally, I want to remind you, we're going to spoil this episode. So if you haven't seen it, or episode four or five, excuse me, if you haven't seen these episodes, what are you doing? Go go watch this show. It, it, it's like, you know, seven-minute episodes but 30-minute credits. Go check them out right now <laughs> on Disney+. Plus. Come on back, listen to us after. We're going to put that spoiler bumper warning right here. This is... Prepare yourself. At Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. <laughs> warning. All right, we're not going to bury it anymore. Uh, WandaVision episode four and five. Uh, Mark, you, you, Isaac, and I, we've had discussions on episodes one through three on this podcast in particular. What, can you remind the audience what your rating was coming into this, what your feedback, positive or negative, has been on it? Mark, we'll start with you. Um, it's been sixes. So at this point, it's been six, six, six with uh, positive ratings uh, throughout all of them. Isaac, what about you? My ratings are uh, fives on the first three episodes, I believe. Or maybe I, I think I gave episode three a six. Uh, two fives, five for one and two for sure. Six on three, six on four and five. And if if we can do any higher than a six, like a seven out of six, that would be what I would rank this last one, episode five. Uh, Mark, real quick, we'll go we'll come back to your rating real quick. Isaac just started that. I, I, I was the same as Isaac, essentially. Five and a half out of six on the first two episodes. Six on episode three. Uh, on episode four and five, I'm, I'm giving uh, episode four a six, episode five the highest of sixes. I thoroughly enjoyed these episodes. Mark, what did you rate these? Why don't you start us off with your review of these episodes? Just quick review, and then we'll kind of dive into some spoilers and some pontificating. You want me to review the episodes without spoiling anything? No, you can spoil it. The reviews, the, the bumper's already been dropped. You can talk oh. about Luke Skywalker all you want. Luke Skywalker's back, bros. <laughs> um, uh, episode four. I think I've told you guys this, like six out of six for me, but it felt very fast paced for me. Like I feel like I started it and it felt like ten minutes went by and the episode was gone, but really thirty minutes went by. So I had to question my reality and wondering where that 20 minutes went maybe wanda stole it from you maybe like just the pace of the episode was like here's one thing here's another here's another here we're gonna slow down a little bit but screw that we're gonna go fast again screw you and then you know it's, it's like they're like bashing you with all this information that you're trying to process with episode four it's you know we enter with monica rambo coming back from the blip i was thinking this because that's what they're calling it right the blip um correct and then we're what we get it's supposed to be three weeks have gone by when she finally goes back to S.W.O.R.D. You know, new director, uh, it's Hayward, all that jazz. Um, go check out an FBI investigation. Then we get, you know, then we start seeing everything from the outside, what's been happening in the first three episodes. And just everything blows up from there. And then, because, <clears throat> um, yeah, we see her get sucked in, then shot out at the end again. And then we come to episode five where it's just like, We've went another decade, another six out of six for me. Um, oh yeah, episode four, we also get the twins born. Now the twins are babies. They all of a sudden age up again. They age up a second time to ten. And there starts to be some unraveling that's happening in episode five. And I think they were, it's like, it's just getting juicy. Like, the slow burn is very 
satisfying in my opinion well mark i want to i want to i want to kind of go beat by beat with this your excitement level is clearly palpable and i think our audience is there as well it seems to me the general consensus in culture on this show right now is the slow burn not only paid off it paid off in spades isaac you and i had pacing issues on the front end mark did not my some people were saying this is this is show is not one that I'm enjoying. It's just boring is what some people said. That wasn't yours and my feedback. Our feedback was more like, hey, we could have taken five more minutes and you could have kept doing what you were doing, but given us more time in this world to play a little bit. How did you feel, Isaac, about the drastic shift in episode three? I mean, four, yeah, four. The drastic shift that occurred in episode four with pacing peeling back the curtain, looking behind the TV set. How did you feel about that? It was a little bit of a shock, I think. But overall, I think it was a welcome uh, jolt because as up to this point, we don't know what is going on outside of Westview at all. So I thought it was really cool how they went into, you know, and they kind of went back and were doing this timeline about the same time as episodes one, two, and three were going on, which I thought was really cool. Um, But yeah, I I thought it definitely was different. Um, Like it was kind of a jolt of like, Oh, okay. So this is happening in reality, just in her own, you know, enclosed reality. Um, But yeah, it just, it was a little bit of a shock, but they did such a great job explaining all of that in a short period of time. But like you said, Mark, I mean, it just flew by. You're just like, what? wait a minute, this episode's over already? And it was even longer than the first three episodes. So, it, yeah, they did a great job of catching you up on what was going on in the outside world, I thought. From episode four on, the only comparison to another show that I can make is, in my opinion, the greatest show of all time in Lost. In the sense of this, it's what they're doing with this project is they are truly letting the audience marinate in this. And in the MCU, what's been fascinating about it is you get these dumps, right? So forget the phrasing. Maybe a better phrase is out there, I'm sure. You go seven months, you get a a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Then you get another seven months. You get another two-and-a-half-hour movie. And you're just thinking during these seven months about what the plot of that movie will be, and you get everything in that one showing. Well, now what's happened with this universe is now we're getting tastes of it. We're getting 20 to 30 minute segments of it. And it's driving a lot of people insane. Some people are loving it. Some people are hating it. But it's drastically shifted. And it only reminds me of Lost because Lost is the only show that I can remember in recent memory that that really pushed audiences to go online and research these characters And unlike Lost, there's obviously a plethora of characters to pull from and think about, some that haven't even been introduced, like Grim Reaper, Mephisto, that aren't even being talked. Technically, Agatha Harkness, although I think a lot of people are assuming that's Agnes. A lot of people are really researching two characters that, sure, they're core Avengers, but in the landscape of pop culture have been really kind of background characters. Unless you've read the comics in the last maybe 20, 30 years, Mark, what, where are you sitting right now with the pacing of this show? Do you feel like it's it's hitting its stride? Obviously, you were cool with the pacing on the front end, but how are you feeling? Did you think it was too early 
to make the shift in episode four? Do you think they should have waited longer? Or do you think it was just right? No, this is, you know, putting the puzzle together. The first three episodes, they were setting up the gun, loading the magazine, and now we're pulling the trigger for the rest of the series. It's a lot of uh, magazines to load if we're pulling triggers for... And okay, we're using a saw, episodes. it is just a chain <laughs> of just... A machine guns just just rat-a-tatting for four or five whole episodes. <laughs> that's what it. we want. That's it, what man. people want. I don't... I just don't feel like you can slow down at this point. You just got to keep building this momentum with a huge payoff at episode nine. Right. And, and what we got. Well, and, and I guess, I guess that's fair. I, I, I completely agree in the sense of like, they totally set us up for this. And, and I guess our, we knew that, right? The six of us knew this was coming. It's just more, I guess, from my perspective of how do you start it off to get the person that doesn't really fully understand it? Like my wife is one of those people. She's asking me, where did vision come from again? Like she doesn't remember that he's from age of Ultron. Right. So these details that are kind of crucial to this story, I think some people are struggling with, but then I go on online and people are random. People are talking about this show. It's pretty impressive. Uh, Mark, let's, let's shift over to certain characters. Go ahead. On that uh, note, I was uh, just Googling some stuff, and I put WandaVision in, and, like, one of the top articles is, uh, who are the main characters in WandaVision? So, (laughs) you're right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's grabbing people's attention that normally wouldn't watch superhero movies, or, or, you know, the genre, basically, because it's it's different. Think about the, what, 50 million people that subscribed to Disney Plus earlier last year? are now seeing this on their headlines. Like, oh, what's the show that they keep advertising for us? So, like, you're probably just going to get a casual Disney watcher watching these shows. What do you guys think of Jimmy Woo and Darcy coming back in these roles? Have you enjoyed being back with them? Especially Darcy kind of was looked at as like, meh, whatever. She was in Thor. Didn't really have a fleshed-out storyline. She was there for more comedic beats. Are we liking what they're doing with, with them so far? Isaac, let's start with you. Honestly, I love it. Yeah, I think she's a great addition. And I think it, I what I think it, they're doing a really great job of with both her and Jimmy Woo is they're kind of fleshing out some of these MCU characters that were just, you know, they basically made cameos in other movies. And they're actually giving them characteristics. They're giving them, like, personality, you know? And I think that's really cool that, I mean, this is bringing people that are, are been involved in the MCU back to previous movies and it's i think it just gives the mcu more depth honestly i think it's really cool how they're bringing back these characters to do it. instead of introducing which and you know we're getting monica rambo which is awesome but it, it's nice that we're getting old characters as well as like introducing new characters so i, I love it right I think it's, it's what makes job. the mcu really special though right isaac right. Like you could exactly. always pull somebody else from somewhere else and then there's that connecting point when those their major characters meet, et cetera, et cetera. Mark, what about you? How are you feeling about Wu and uh, Darcy? It makes me think, like, did Kevin Feige always have it in his mind that um, not only the actors, but these characters were going to be involved in WandaVision or, like, something, like, down the line phase four? Like, hey, I'm going to bring these two characters together to maybe form something else. So I'm all for it. I think we, they're doing something great in this with these Disney Plus shows. The interconnectivity with the MCU is going to be just off the charts. 
But what they didn't do well was the interconnectivity with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was supposedly canon, supposedly the same universe as the MCU, blah, 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 all that stuff. But, I mean, it didn't grab people like it did this show so far. Because, I mean, they they had, like, Coulson. Was he, like, the only character that appeared in agents no, of shield were, like there, there were a other, couple there were other connections sif was in it at times oh, yeah they did bring sif in um, that's right but it Nick just it didn't makes feel it... like they put a lot of effort into connecting it fully to the mcu and that was because it wasn't like feige's deal but i would yeah i was gonna say i, I want to defend agents of shield i think it's a fine show i think oh the way yeah they ended yeah it no i'm really not saying it's strong. a bad show but i think disney no, 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 plus no, no, no. is gonna do yeah, it better I, in the interconnectivity i just think there the needs MCU. to be an expectation set for viewers that it's not connected because pearl muter at the time was still in, in charge of it and things have shifted internally since and feige kind of ever since pearl muter pushed it to the side the way he did said we can't really acknowledge you now that being said with we'll talk about episode five with what they've done there's a chance that they could come right back in now based on how they ended episode five go ahead mark we'll finish that topic with agents of shield having like just being in the heat of it season four and five definitely is the argument where it's you could make like well is what's happening agent shield happening in a simulation is it in a different universe because that literally is those two seasons so it's like is the season one through three actually happened in the mc reality and then I'm, I haven't gotten to season six yet, but that's my argument. You, you got like, to watch it. It's it's a good show. It's I it is separate, Mark, as you go on with it. But but the way it ends does connect directly with the MCU. Now, we'll talk more about the other implications here in a bit. We get also we talk. Let's talk about sword and Monica Rambo here. Uh, oh, yes. with Monica Rambo, Isaac, you brought her up. I, I just have to I have to commend uh, Paris, the actress that really is is doing this role. I, I already love her a lot. I, I really, really am looking forward to seeing her do more. Tiana Paris is her name, forgive me. I, I really, really like her a lot. She She's a strong, strong character in this universe. She does feel like a heroic type to me. She, I, I can see her playing a photon down the line. Um, I've really enjoyed her. I enjoyed her arc. I, I have to talk about the blip scene that you brought up, I believe, Mark or Isaac, it just the blip scene was jarring to watch. And oh my gosh, it the was the second time it, watching that just like gave me chills. Like that'd be like either coming back or like working in, in a setting anywhere. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Would just be like terrifying if all of a sudden like you're just like just random people start popping up or like the the point where she's running through that hospital and runs into someone that's coming back too. So it's almost like a reverse scene. It's, it's a reverse scene too, of how, how Scott Lang, you know, goes back to see his daughter. It, it really felt kind of like that. Like to him, he was only gone for a little bit, but everybody else is like, it's been years. And I, I think that it, the blip, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of those scenes occur. I feel like that's not the only time we're going to see that. I feel like a lot of characters are going to get those depth-filled moments. I, I think the blip is going to be a cornerstone moment in this universe for obvious reasons with the big battle that occurs right after that. But in these individual characters, it's a great way to really tell a story in the course of a couple minutes. I, I really feel like the depth from Monica Rambeau is there, and it really, really plays to me as, an, as a viewer. And I'm I'm cheering really hard for her in this go ahead Isaac you were gonna say something we already talked about adding depth to the MCU adding scenes like that is how you do it like that was such a great um 
addition to this show and it just man the the impact that it has in the mcu is just so great and yeah like you said mark the chaos that is going on in that moment it's like palpable like you can just feel everything that monica is probably feeling at that moment and that even the people that were there and then all of a sudden these other people just start popping up out of nowhere it's like holy crap like what is going on right now I, I thought that was an amazing moment. And like you said, Max, I hope we see more of that in the MCU because I think that adds just a ton of depth, and I, I thought it was fantastic. I think it's a guarantee you're going to see more of it. It really just kind of depends on how they do it and how they tell the stories. I think you're going to see bad ways of it too. I think you're going to see villains come from this, this moment as well. I think you're going to see villains come and, and want to kill the Avengers for this because, yeah, they saved the world, but they hurt XYZ in my narrative and storyline. Uh, let's talk about... Let's let's talk about what's going on inside this bubble, this bubble, this hex that. Um, and, and so blip we- happens. I'm sorry. Like I had made some notes for season four or episode four. So three weeks. So after she comes back, three weeks go by before she goes to sword. Goes back to sword. Like that. I think that's important. And then from what we learn in episode four is or five as well. Um, then it would be eight to seven days prior to her returning. Wanda comes in and you know finds Vision in there. That's episode five. Not to confuse uh, people listening, but spoilers have been set up there. So it's like I would love to see like a a good concise timeline of everything that's happening and how close to the the stuff is going on. But also one thing I noticed rewatching episode four today is Sword is spelled differently than what it previously was. Correct, because and that is that is to more cater, I think to how this universe is aligned um in the comics they deal more with their extraterrestrial i think in this universe they kind of want this to be a new stronger representation of what shield is who knows if it will be taken over by an aim for example because i know the hexagon has been very uh apparent in this show but also too mark if we go into timeline spider-man takes place eight months after the after all this according to the timeline that's that's what it says it takes eight months it ta- the summer vacation takes eight months after that oh my gosh. so this Max, happens i'm sorry I, I have to stop you one more time because you bring the hexagon thing in episode two <laughs> where it's the where it's the opening credits where she does the no yeah. hear me out i'm hearing you out go with the moon there's the the six dots that come across and make a hexagon oh yeah oh i'm aware okay it's all there. There's hexagons everywhere in this, Mark. I got no right. idea what they mean. Some people but are saying they have it's to aim. mean. So, I feel like Ch- Charlie from All We Study Philadelphia. Mark's pulling like, hard on all the conspiracies happening. going on right now. Yeah, Mark. Mark <laughs> is to hexagons as I am to Mephisto. When I think of Mephisto, Mark, I, I really get jittery. I start twitching. I sit in a corner. I really get upset about Mephisto, and, and you're the same way about hexagons. I feel worse for you though, because hexagons kind of are going to be a more a part of your daily life. Versus Mephisto for me, I, I just hope you have help and proper support at home. I I I really think Mark too with that is, it's it's to me my theory right now with the hexagons is it, it either has to do with again I'm going back to Mephisto sue me Mephisto <laughs> and something there or it has to do with with her actual powers which in the comics she can manipulate reality hex, hexing is her power. I think that's kind of it's just a physical representation of that. 
but also in this universe, hexagons are part of space travel for Guardians of the Galaxy and how they get to well, specific galaxies. And how did and how did she get her powers in this MCU from the Space Stone? She did. I think the Space Stone is going to be a huge factor down the stretch too. But we'll talk and, about that more and, later. And to think about this, you know, we've been introduced to the Quantum Realm, and you know, we're told that you know, Thanos didn't. Completely Do you have a coherent the thought, stones. or are you just saying things that are in no, the universe that could connect to it? Yep, hang on. I'm tying everything back together, Max. Just okay, watch go. my board and watch all the red, the red, lo- the yarn that I have that are going to bring you back to where I'm going here. I'm like slowly I'm wrapping no better. the yarn around. I'm no better. Everything. I've got Mephisto with yarn all around it as well. Yep. Good. Every single a picture of every single person in the show, Max has a line to totally. Mephisto yeah, my, mine is the Jimmy Woo with all the characters, I, and all of them are like, could they be Mephisto? It's literally me. Am I Mephisto? <laughs> not Mephisto is Woo. Woo. He's the only, the only one. one. Not be. No, no. It's a completely okay, clean so, picture on on the board. So Thanos doesn't completely destroy. He says he reduces them to atoms. So if the quantum realm exists, that means the Infinity Stones technically still exist somewhere. So if you're able to shrink down to a small size or have some ability to just alter reality or grab stuff from space, like Wanda, she could theoretically bring back the Space Stones. Space, uh, Infinity Stones back to the MCU's current reality. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, and 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 multiverses play into this as well. Let's stick. Let's get back to but, sword. Did you say the trust? multiverse? We will, Mark. You've talked about that for a long time. M- multiverse. I know. Uh, let's talk about Hayward real quick. Hayward, do we trust him or not? Just that's a simple question. Do you trust him right now? My answer is no. I feel like obviously we find out stuff in episode five. I think there's more to if his story. If you remember that we're the Hayward out. from Agents of Shield, who's a Hydra agent, yes, maybe maybe Hayward in this one is also a Hydra agent. That would be interesting. Or Mephisto. So who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't trust him. I mean, first of all, he's just a huge dick, and usually those guys end up to be bad guys. So I mean, that's kind of my where and I'm running. Who is he with answering it. to? <laughs> that's that'd be my other question. What was that? Who is he answering to? Because in episode five, when he's when he reveals what Wanda did, isn't he like the acting it, director of Sword? Isn't that what they say in exactly? Four? Yes, and so what, who is he? Oh, you're saying like, authorization he has to share like a board it with. or something like Fury does? Could be Black. It honestly could have been Black Widow till everything came back. Man, I what you said to Mark with uh, gosh, now I'm now I'm blanking on on what you were saying earlier. Gosh. Nope, I'm, I'm elite level podcasting. Yeah, pro- <laughs> We're killing it right now. No, I, I, I would just say, clearly, I don't trust him, but I think he's the leading front runner to to be Mephisto right now. I, I think currently today. Now, obviously, we we need more information, dude. I got I got another one in here. He brings up that uh, when Cat Denny's character or Darcy's talking about um those wavelengths and stuff like that, and the stab, he's like, oh yeah, just like from the Big Bang. Or like correct he phrases it like that so it's like why why does someone in his position kind of know that right off the bat if he doesn't have um like that i think that would tie into your mephisto belief is like he might be mephisto especially with the blip happening he could, could assume that role why would she point the guns at him obviously just, that just could like, have to just do like, with vision, like just like, like monica rambo said subconsciously she trusted her that's what her defense was. So subconsciously, she does not trust Hayward. And I think that's that's a very important thing to to hear. Because like, why didn't she use her powers on him? Yeah, right. 
and not the people around him. We, we got to move on. We got to move on. Here we go. Monica Rambeau uh, comes out. Uh, her original outfit was changed to represent the time of the world that she lived in. We find out that it is bulletproof. This is an interesting finding, and, and for a couple reasons. Again, this is another episode, and it, it's kind of a continuation five. of episode three, where we find I'm, – I'm just speaking episode four right now. We find out oh, gotcha. that anything created in there can come out of there and still exist. But have the same genetic make, makeup of what it went in as, like her – outfit what we find out in episode five is made of kevlar episode four that's exactly what i just referenced you're you're referencing what i'm just talking about but isn't in episode five when we find oh man i've I've been watching these all no no no. it's it's it would be it would be episode four so Uh, they're all they're all meshed into one giant episode no you're right you're right you're good you're good science um no actually it might be episode five whatever it doesn't matter so the the no the point i'm saying is 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 she's rearranging these atoms but whatever she makes them into they're coming out physical and they're not like deteriorating they're not dying they're not changing back to what they were air quotes and this is really big for a couple reasons one does this mean that if if vision exists in here he can exist outside of this bubble that's a really really big question we need answered down the stretch two her kids are the kids that she created in episode end of episode three and then growing up in episode five does this mean that basically they're going to be able to walk out of here they're going to be able to walk out of there and exist past that. These are really important questions because I think everything happening to these people inside is is real. I think that's been established. I don't think anybody – it's not like a dream world, right? It's not a snow globe. It's not going to be separate from reality, well, although multiverses in theory could make that something there. I think that's just a well, very important okay. point here that we that, that they, they are drilling that point home with us. I mean they drilled it with the helicopter. They drilled it with this. Like I think it is setting up the two questions of – can the kids and Vision both live after this? And I think episode eight and nine are going to deal with that question and that conflict. Go ahead, Mark. I think to give credence to that, like one thing I kind of overlooked and didn't think about the first few times watching episode four is there's signs to Westview going to Westview, but apparently some people can't see them because that's what uh, Wu and Rambo talk about. Like, how, how do we have a connection? Why can we see it? And like those cops say that Westview doesn't, like how I saw it is those cops didn't believe anything was behind him. Like Westview wasn't there. Correct. Because of manipulation from Wanda in her brain. And, and the people in Westview, there are significant others. Cause going back to the missing person stuff, don't even know, like in their minds, those people never existed. But Wu was like, well, these people did exist. So like, why does Wu remember them? If so, so going off of that, Wanda must, or someone has the ability to not only keep this bubble in place, but also affect people outside the bubble and reality outside the bubble. Isaac, how, how, what are you thinking is going to happen with the kids in vision after this? Like what, what is your predict prediction right now looking into the future and your little crystal ball at this point? That is my biggest question is what is going on with vision and the kids? Because like you said, we know that Wanda is basically changing the reality inside of her little bubble, but is Vision actually alive? Which I think he is at this point because we know that he's starting to come out of, you know, whatever. He's not who he was, though, because because of end of episode three, we see him with, with the Mind Stone ripped out. Is he actually there alive, normal, like in episode four or maybe oh. even was three when Wanda looks back and sees it's episode dead four. Vision? You know, like, is that 
just her you know is that a flashback for her is that what it actually is and she didn't you know change it in her mind i don't know i don't know what's going on but it does seem that he's coming out of her like under her control or whatever type of control she has and it doesn't seem like he's under the same control that the rest of the town is right so he he is kind of figuring this stuff out and he he talks to norm in episode five and like he realizes that wanda is controlling these people so something's happening with vision I want to know what it is. I don't I don't know exactly what's going on with him, but I think he's actually alive. I want to know how Wanda basically resurrected him because even if she brought back, you know, enough adamantium which this is another part of it, okay? So episode vibranium. 5. Yeah, or wasn't it, well yeah, it's vibranium. You're it's right. It's vibranium. Right. Um but if she broke into the sword facility, which if you watch that episode back, Vision is in like separate parts on tables in that room that she goes into. Like it's it's not really super clear, but it looks like that's what's going on. So they could be experimenting on him. Like we don't know what's going on there. And it's technically illegal to experiment on exactly him, as as uh, the director and they've been says doing it for five years. Right. And how did they get into Wakanda? to extract right exactly so there's a ton of questions that are still yet to be answered but if she got in there got everything together she put them back together with uh vibranium or maybe some extra vibranium that was going on because he's got obviously got a big chunk need vibranium she can just create it can she well that's the question though because she create she didn't really create the clothes she just rearranged atoms and stuff because the clothes that Monica was wearing well, was made out of Kevlar. The but she mayor. needs the Mind Stone to, to fuel him. She can't replicate the Mind Stone. Right, and that's that's the final part. Like, even if she could put him together, she needs the Mind Stone to make him alive, right? I, I'm, that's I my think Mephisto, question. That's, that's where Mephisto's got to be part of this, right? And Potentially. That's where, like, the, that's where the future of all of this really has to be going. Because, and Mark, you've touted this for a long time, but it's tum- coming to fruition, and let's just... Let's just knock the door down of episode five with Evan Peters being introduced as Quicksilver, a shocker to everybody. And I, told I mean, it, it was a shocker, but so. I mean, Mark, you called it, but like you even, I would say if you go back and listen to the episodes where you called it, you were like hesitant about it still. Like you could have seen it going other ways. I think to actually see it on screen and talk about it are two completely different things. And I think the point I think here is with Mephisto is. Mindstones are another multiverses. And part of me wonders, did he pluck it from another multiverse? Did did when Thanos snapped everything, or I'm sorry, when Hulk snapped everything and undid everything, or maybe it is Thanos, maybe when Thanos snapped it and when he killed half of life, did that have some effect on reality there? I'd like to think those two snaps are going to come back into play to make these things happen. Or was it what it did what the Avengers do Going back in time, do that. Max, you just opened my mind to some other idea. What if Thanos didn't snap the Infinity Snap to kill half of the universe, but snapped in reality to make people think that half the universe was gone? So half the universe lived in one reality, and the other half lived in another reality, and this is now splitting what's going on. You just created a multiverse? The only reason I don't think that's a, that is a great theory, Mark. I, I have to like tip my hat. That actually is remarkable. I haven't heard that. I where 
where I don't think that's real though is is you're watching these reactions from Monica Rambeau, for example. She she fell asleep and her mom died. I and maybe in the other universe it happened in other ways. You're, and you're right. And maybe that's what one of the multiverses is going to be, right? Maybe one of the multiverses is going to be literally the opposite. People died, and the villains ended yeah. up fighting Thanos, right? We I've seen that that picture going around Reddit spaces. It's it's the it's a, the the picture of all the villains fighting him instead of the heroes that were fighting him. I just think right now, I think Mephisto is is giving a Mind Stone to make Vision work. I also don't. I'm not, and this has been from the beginning. I'm not sold that this is. Or Vision he went still. to the quantum realm to get the 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 atom sized Mind Stone. Correct. Yeah, maybe. I I like, just like yeah, think about like I I like your idea with two different universes, but technically these still exist. I know we're supposed to be like, oh, we crushing the atoms. Oh, we're so scared. But, you know, you would have to go find them in the universe. So someone would have superpowers to really find. But we, we've been introduced to the quantum realm. So, like, we have to understand, like, that would still be a possibility if you're going to give us a quantum realm. Yes, it's a possibility, Mark. I just would shoot it down because that's not Mephisto's jam. Mephisto's jam yeah, is, sure. hey, sign this contract and give me your life. And it's like a it's a bad genie wish, right? Like, so I, I that's where I think this is. And I think behind the scenes, he is setting it's setting either him or he's working for somebody else to get in these multiverses. And obviously we know that multiverse of madness is coming with Dr. Strange. And then Isaac is obviously crapping his pants at the thought of Spider-Man three, including all the other Spider-Man. Absolutely. So I just think the point I'm sitting here saying is, is I, I really think that the multiverse is a real possibility. And, and we get to episode five and this is where like kind of the, the shit hits the wall. Right. I mean, like we're talking about, the kids are growing up at an exponential rate. So not only are we seeing Wiccan and Speed introduced, I think it's very safe to say at this point they're going to be at least teenagers by the time this ser- this season's over, which means they're, the Young Avengers is going to happen. On top of it, <laughs> Vision is becoming self-aware. I don't even think it's him, by the way. I still think he is... I think his soul... Or his being is from somebody else. It could be like a Simon Williams. We talked about that, like a reverse Wonder Man. It could be somebody else. I, I just I don't know where where Vision is going with it, but I, I certainly that's I still don't think it's him. And the reason I don't think it's him is because him being so angry and agitated with Wanda in that conflict scene after she tries to roll the credits on him, I I just think that's not him. I don't think it's him. There's too much emotion. The Vision we know would never do that, and. I, I, that's just my opinion. Do, do you think that's our vision, uh, Isaac? That's a great question. I have no idea at this point. I think I think it is our vision, but there's definitely something wonky going on with him. Maybe he, maybe when Mephisto, you know, resurrected him or whatever, like he's got a lot of different, you know, brain composition. He's basically a different person. Like he, you said. I mean, he's an android, so he technically shouldn't feel emotion and stuff like that. And that is definitely a great point about this last episode. I mean, he, like, freaks out. And it's kind of funny because I you hear Paul Bettany really clearly and when he gets angry. And I could see him in some of his other roles. But it's kind of weird because this just hasn't happened to him as Vision before. Like, even in... Uh, stressful situations he's always calm he's always collected so I think you've got a great point there I think it is vision still but there's something going on like obviously 
something is wonky about him. I think the biggest question for me is the kids. Like, are they are they real or are they manifestations of her mind? I like I just don't know at this point. Like, if they are real, how would she create them? Like, I I don't know. I don't know, man. They they, they got to be real. All right, take like, team you, Mark. You can't. Take me in. I'm just take saying. Take me in. One Bam. Sec, you, you, Bam. Just just to add on to that, Mark. You you'll, you'll go in a sec. Isaac, they got to be real simply for where Marvel's going. They have to be real for what Marvel's got to do. They have to introduce more characters so they can usher these old ones out. I'm not saying Wanda and Vision are like gone forever, but I certainly think with with at least the way the story's going, Avengers disassembled, um, uh, House of M, any Scarlet Witch in Wanda and Vision comic you read, she goes off her rocker every time. I just think she's going to transition to a villain. Maybe not in this season, but down the road, there's got to be something coming. Mark, tag, go. I mean, technically, I was tagging Mark, and he was going to come in and take you down. Well, Mark wanted to be tagged in, so so I'm tagging him in. So there you go. He can now be tagged in. They're definitely real for sure at this point to Wanda, Vision, and Agnes because they've all seen them. And obviously, the people on the screen and even Monica Rambeau says that they're real. Um I don't think Vision's obviously not the father, so I think it might give me more credence to Mephisto being the father or help creating them. Um, back to Vision being, if he's Vision or not, uh, doesn't, Vision says, uh, I think it's episode five, we are usually so much of the same mind. So is Vision real in the sense from what Wanda remembers him as and believes his personality would be and that's why he can't remember anything is because his memories would only be what wanda gives him right so that vision really couldn't remember the previous Mm -hmm. vision because that vision died but it still is interesting that he that he shows so much emotion even though he like even though he doesn't really know what's going on like i know in a person that would extend a lot of emotion but in an Android, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's really why I hold to the... Th- and I've held to it for a long time. Of, I think this is a reverse wonder, man. I really think Simon Williams has something to do with this. Off of that, do you think that he is just playing the part here and he knows nothing about that? Or do you think that he knows what's happening and uh, he's just doing what Mephisto tells him to do? If he is Simon Williams. I think whatever the the deal is. So, okay. So I think it's the brain waves, right? So, so going to the line that Mark is talking about, we are usually of the same mind. That I believe is a clue to his mind is not necessarily what it was. Now, interfacing with the technology. Yes, I think there's pieces of vision in him. I just don't think it is air quotes vision anymore. I think the mind stone really was part of that. It was, it was a construct of vision. And now... Instead of a Mind Stone, we're inserting a artificial Mind Stone, maybe magic, and another brain. And that's that's really where I think I, I've kind of thought Wonder Man is going to come out of this at the end. Especially with that Grim Reaper e- Easter egg in, in, I believe, Episode 2, Mark, with the Bewitched scenes that I sent you guys. Like, I, I just think this has to... I have no idea how it gets there. Like, I don't know if, like, he's a member of where this city is and that's why Wanda had to choose this spot. I don't know if it's like she brought him here or Mephisto like picked him up from the opposite side of the globe and plopped him. I don't really know how that stuff's working, 
but it just makes complete sense that Wonder Man would be in this at the end of it. It's another hero you can insert. It's an easy hero to insert, and it's a replacement for Vision, who I've also said, I think he's dead at the end of this. I think this is Paul Bettany's last go-around, and I, I think it's just going to add more trauma to the Wanda Scarlet Witch story that needs to get worse before it gets better. So you basically think that it's Wonder Man's consciousness in in vision at this point, like his body. And I don't know how they get there. Like, I don't know if it's science or magic. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I just, it just would make sense. I am also in the, and we're going to, we're going to let it talk about anything else we, we missed, but also I'm going to ask a couple questions at the end. I think the grim reaper is the mailman. I think the mailman is the grim reaper. Cause he's, he's been brought up a couple times. He kind of looks at Agnes weird. I'm just getting the vibe that that guy might be grim reaper. Um, but that's just like, I'm just I'm doing what everybody else is doing. I'm throwing darts at, at a board, hoping something sticks. I'm hoping it sticks. It just it, it would make sense if Gr- Grim Reaper's in this somehow. They don't throw that Easter egg out there, and that means Simon Williams is in it because they're brothers. Um, just my opinion based off of the comic books. Uh, tidbit on that: Simon Williams was cast uh, as Nathan Fillion, who was supposed to be in the, one of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and then his scene was cut. That'd be cool. Bet you didn't know that one. Though. I didn't. I would love that. I would love it if it was Nathan Fillion. I, I'm all in on that, Mark. I buy that. Uh, real quick before we kind of go to our final questions here, Agnes, what is her role after episode five? We bounced around. That's the way we do it on this show. We spoiled and we talked about it. But and, and then Quicksilver, we'll talk about him in a sec. But what's her role in this? Because in this episode, she appears to be kind of like somebody that's trying to cool the situation. But then she kills Sparky which is an Easter egg for the Vision storyline I actually reviewed on this show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, where is Agnes rolling this? Is she good or bad? I can't I can't tell. I would I don't know. I'm in the same boat like we even go see episode 4 where at the end where she's telling um Herb not to say anything. Like are we getting like I feel like season f- or, I keep saying season episode four we kind of got insight like do some people are some people conscious and they're playing the game because we definitely get that in episode five where she's like do you want me to do that again right and like wanda look just looks at her strangely um another tidbit or not tidbit but like a little thing on that if you guys just thinking of ignis there's scenes where she made like especially in that episode five she makes like the joke and like usually when like the show like quote unquote shows going on there's a laugh track when like a joke is made and like there should be a laugh track to it but when a joke's made like that and there's no laugh track, I think that's happening outside of the show, if that right. makes She's sense. She's not like, broadcasting that to everybody. Yeah. Yes, that's not being right. broadcast. Yep. So, and then do we, are we for sure that Agnes killed the dog? And maybe it wasn't like the Grim Reaper or your mailman, uh, per se. And she's trying to cover it the up. The mailman was right, was right before that scene happened. He's coming. He's coming right out after that. That's another reason. Well, the other thing. There's a sweet Easter egg. There's so much. There's a sweet Easter egg from the Vision storyline oh, that I talked about, um, where there's a specific plant that Agatha Harkness and Scarlet Witch use that they have to kill an animal, get the animal's blood on the plant, and then consume the plant, and it allows them to tell the future. Obviously, the dog passes away right by a plant that is where Agnes lives. It's that's a very deep cut from a comic book. That's in a very obscure item and thing that has to happen. But given the circumstance of everything that's happened in the show, would it be strange for Agnes to do something like that? Probably not. 
I don't think it's going to happen in the context of what's going on. I think we would have had more emphasis on the plant and more emphasis on the dog dying. Uh, but that that's just a, a, a tidbit that I've found in in my personal reading that I wanted to share. Go, going off of like the whole plant stuff or like, you know, trying the ritual or like using herbs and whatever. Remember she uses lavender on the boys? Yep. Lavender can be used to, to help growth. Correct. So. Yeah, I guess the question I'm asking with Agnes, is she trying to push the boys to grow or is she trying to preserve and protect them from a Mephisto or something darker Wanda. Like that's the part where they've really masterfully done that this whole show. Sometimes I think Agnes is like the worst person in the room. And then other times I think she's the only ally in the room. I think she's trying to keep everyone sane. Cause I like, this is where I think you go like the long con is she's actually a good person. Cause maybe she, yeah. Which makes me think, does she see vision as like this grayed out hole in head oh vision? Gosh, that would be nuts. And maybe that's why Herb was freaking out when he saw Vision and kept cutting because that's what he saw. He finally broke out of that spell or whatever. Um, just think about that. And and like that's her whole thing is like maybe there's, she knows what the greater power is that's controlling Wanda maybe. And she's trying to keep it like she's trying to create her own plan to help everyone get out. But, you know, I could be totally wrong. To add on that, Mark, that's why Mephisto's got to be part of it. Yeah. Right. That's that's why he's got to be part of it, because she's the only person that would either a work for him or b be completely against him in this in this reality. Go ahead, Isaac. Yeah, no, I was just going to say I'm on the same level as you guys. Like before episode five, I would have said, oh, yeah, she's totally either Mephisto or working for Mephisto. But the whole part where she like says, do you want me to run that scene again? That just threw me off because it seems like she is trying to you know be on wanda's side in that i don't know i I, but you see wanda and she seems confused which maybe that's just what we see too but obviously she knows what is going on agnes knows what's going on she's got more knowledge than anybody else in this town so i don't know where she's at but i think she is a, a a good force and i'm excited to see where it goes but yeah before episode five, I would have said she's got to do something with Mephisto. Maybe she still does, but I think she ultimately is looking out for for Wanda. Yeah, there there's gonna be an Agnes backstory episode coming. Oh yeah, for sure. That's that's for sure. Whether she's a witch from the Salem witch trials or even if she's just like a random person who's a modern day witch, I just feel like that's something that's gonna happen. She obviously referenced the Salem witch trials in episode one, I believe, when she talked about her anniversary with ralph and i mean that's that's that gets to the last questions we'll ask real quick quick silver mark you and isaac got to do a victory lap about it any comments about your victory lap on that you call you both called that you don't cast evan peters if you're not going to have him play quicksilver i mean that's how i just feel unless it's a big swerve i mean i've said that too i guess that could be my and this is like the million dollar question right is this multiverse or is this something else this has got to be multiverse. Like, why would why I don't understand why you would bring him in if you're not planning on at least like you don't have to bring in the whole X Men universe. Like, you don't have to do that, but now you're open to do it if you want to. I I don't think it makes any sense to bring him in if you're not opening up to the multiverse. I mean, it makes sense with what they're doing. Mark, where are you? Where are you at with this? I mean, you called it, but you didn't call it under the circumstances it's in. Okay, here's here's where if it's if it's really Quicksilver, like the Quicksilver, you know, mutant, or however, 
the reason why it's recast, as Darcy says, is because she doesn't have her brother's body. So she had to pull that from another reality, would be my... And that can only come from Mephisto. That can only come from Mephisto. However, however, if we're understanding that if, like, Wanda... Let's say Mephisto, like, granted her these powers. So it's like, then, you know, he, she, she she got something, but he got something in return. It could be, like, subconsciously she's pulling him in. It's just like when she was giving birth, where, like, the, the water was falling, and just, like, she didn't have control of her contractions and stuff like that. So the event of that happening could just be something she had no control over. It just happened subconsciously for her. It can also really connect to this Loki series that's coming, which deals with this time issue... And I don't know how much it necessarily connects with Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I, I just feel like it's an it's an opening for that. As Are we well. sure this Quicksilver is from the X-Men universe that we know? Too? That's a great question. That is a great question, Mark. That's a great because, question. Because the, the thing that made me think is we're supposed to be in the 80s in um, the Latin Dark Phoenix that's set in the 80s. He does not have that haircut, if I'm remembering that right. Honestly, I think that haircut was just to throw people off and make people think it was... Aaron Tyler Johnson. So, like, Mark, it, time out, time out, time out. Did you catch what you just said? He was in the 80s when he had that haircut. This show was set in the 80s. No, like, he this, didn't have that this haircut, episode. Is what I'm saying. No, but the point I'm saying is they pulled him from the 80s X Men yes. universe yes. in an oh, 80s yes. WandaVision episode. Well, I don't think that matters because literally you that go. That does no, matter. That's you insane. Go, you go in the hex and she changed She changed Monica Rambeau's clothes. She could change anybody's clothes. That oh, doesn't oh, okay. Matter. We're, we're going to dive into this really quick. Right here. I'm, I'm with you, Max. I'm all in now. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Carry it. You got it, Mark. Go. Wanda isn't, like, isn't born until 1989. We're in the 80s. So if we're going on the, on the pure, hey, these people have to exist in this timeline that quicksilver existed in the 80s in a separate universe so you had to take that quicksilver into your story to fill that role for correct for wanda so if mephisto if mephisto's in if mephisto's actually in there we're, we're talking that mephisto is actually in the series we have no idea if he's really <laughs> yes he is. Says he is he's in it he's in it <laughs> i would he's love if mephisto never shows up and max is just completely completely floored I'll be floored because they're going to have to do a lot of it's, – it's really going to have to be all Wanda at that point, right? Like, it'd have to be all Wanda doing this. So if she is able to bring Vision – she and Mephisto, you know, whatever happens, she's able to bring Vision back. Why wouldn't she be able to bring her dead brother from the MCU back? I. That's the rule. They've set that rule Why up. have they set that's that rule? That's a rule that's they been set Vision up. back. That's the point. That's why I don't think it's Vision. If we're going off, like, the whole um, – she has to have – something of substance to bring back if it's not if it's of the same reality then that makes sense why she gets vision and her actual brother from this timeline or this universe doesn't come is because she didn't have his actual like template if you want to say you know just thinking of vision or like his bones or whatever versus she had to go outside of the reality or like max has kind of pointed out maybe only could get a version of Quicksilver that had to be set in the 80s to fit that narrative. Which is why they're doing the TV shows. That's why I, I think that will be our answer. I think Pietro will be the reason why they did it through the decades. Well, uh, you didn't think that Evan Peters was going to be Quicksilver, so I don't think you I'm going to take You can anything. thumb your nose at me uh, all you want, but you now say? I've changed. The, the, game, the deck's now, changed. Now, now Isaac and I have to hope Mephisto never shows up. <laughs> Just to disprove just, everything Max has ever said about this show. 
Uh, it's actually it's actually been Dormammu this whole time. It's Dormammu. That's who it is. <laughs> <laughs> Dormammu would make a lot of sense too. Actually, I, I isn't that odd that it I would, could work with, no, with Dormammu being with no time stone involved. Yeah, that's a good point. And then and then Doctor Strange has to show up in episode nine to fix everything because it's been into a madness of the multiverse. Oh. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's ask these questions real quick uh, before we – we've spent an hour on this, but, man, we can't help it. We spent more time than the two episodes uh, aired were, were showing us. Uh, and we had to do who two is... episodes. <laughs> I know, dude. We still have four more episodes. That's the craziest part about this. Uh, let's talk about who is Jimmy Woo's contact. I think it's Simon Williams. Who do you guys think that is? I, I know before the show, I told – like, this is my swerve. I told you Ant-Man, which would make sense because it's – you know, we know that he's in – he might be in witness protection or he's, you know, being monitored by the FBI. Yep. Um, but I want to say whoever the mailman is. Like you said Grim Reaper. But at one in one episode, the mailman says, I'm just the messenger. Yeah. So, I mean, he's is it hiding place site? Are we, am I thinking too much into that? But just that line just makes me think like maybe he he's the one. Because he kind of seems self-aware where in episode five, um, I think he tells the kids... Oh, don't worry. Your mom can fix anything, and then just like mm-hmm. keeps yeah. keeps going. Yep. No, that's actually the same direction I was going because he seems like a weird, odd uh, cameo in a lot of the episodes. And I don't know, man. I I think Agnes would be too involved. Like he would know more if she was his contact. That was my first initial thought. But he would just like she knows everything of what's going on in in Westview at this point. So I don't think that would make a lot of sense with the mailman. I can, I could run with, with the mailman. I think that would be a good, uh, intro into that, uh, to that area for, for Jimmy. Who is Pietro? Is he the X-Men universe? Pietro? Is he Mephisto? Is he a different X-Men character? Is, is he just a different universe? Who do you, who do you got? He's, he's Quicksilver. Um, my, From fir- where? my first From bet, where? my first bet would be the X-Men universe. We know because, yeah, like you pointed out, and I I didn't think about that until now. I was just thinking of his hair is different, but yeah, I think he's probably from that Fox universe that we know. I think he is too, because that's how we could tie in Deadpool and stuff. But you know, yes. right? Yeah, I think that's just what makes the most sense. So that's that's got to be it to me. It would also be really hard, I think, for Marvel to do what they did at the end of that episode. Let people sit for a week and then go. Just kidding, it's not him. <laughs> you know, or like, you know, oh, he's 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 this other guy. It's like, oh, that Well, that episode nine would be like, oh, it's actually not Quicksilver. Correct. Yeah, that would yeah. We'll see. Not like not next episode, they'd kind of be cheesy. Yeah. Monica Rambeau references an aerospace engineer that could help her with the problem. Who do you think that is? Can I give context to my answer? No. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Okay. I'm gonna give it in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to matter what you said. Straight up. I was just trying to be polite. So you remember she references that she wants that big box that doesn't let cosmic rays, blah, 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 in to like throw in there. You remember that part? You remember how the Fantastic Four get their powers is by cosmic radiation? Yes. What if it's Victor Von Doom? Oh. You think it's Victor Von oh. Doom? I, I'm going the other way. I think it's Reed Richards. It's it's one. It's either a Fantastic Four character or it's Victor Von Doom. I think Feige is gonna. Sh- I think Feige is gonna just put it all out there and go. Yeah, I'm doing X Men and Fantastic Four in one movie. Oh no! In, in one show. Please don't do that. I think it'd be great. It'd be a perfect cameo. Let it be like John Krasinski. You know, 
say hey and then immediately announce or the day Nick after cage as victor von doom no i'm talking about his reed richards i'm saying like i'm Cass- talking about victor von doom Nick cage. Nick cage. yeah perfect nick cage versus john krasinski <laughs> i i think i'm on the same page as you max reed richards just seems to fit in this area and man what what a perfect way for them to get into the MCU, I think that would be fantastic. I did kind of, I was like kind of spitballing, like what other character could be in here? I thought off the top of my head, maybe you could introduce Nova because we've been hearing a bunch of Nova stuff being introduced. It doesn't really fit his backstory, but like, hey, if you wanted to change something up, you could maybe maybe throw him in here. But he's been kind of floating around as a character that they could introduce in the in the next phase of the MCU. It, the other one that I was thinking it could be was it could be... Um the character that's going to be uh Ironheart. I'm forgetting her name out loud. Uh, Riri uh Williams. Yeah, and they can make her a little older. Riri Williams, mm-hmm. I think is her name. Like I they can make her a little older. I just think I think they're going to shoot for the moon here if 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 they put to Pietro the in episode 4, I, I definitely think there's a there's a chance they could introduce the Fantastic Four just like Hey, we'll see you in a couple of years. We work for Sword right now, and we're super young. Like you could make him really young and say, "We'll see him in a couple of years." Like, why not cast him now? I think it's super early to cast, but I think they could introduce the concept and the idea for sure. Yeah, I think I don't think we would actually physically see them at the end of the show. That's crazy, man. I'm still my mind is still blown from seeing the the and the episode was great, but that last 15 seconds blew my mind. I was like, "What is going on?" I like I need to talk to somebody right now. And of course, it was like 4 a.m. when I watched it, so there was nobody to talk to. But I was yeah, I was freaking out. Well, that's an hour of uh, Wandavision talk. Uh, you can check that out on Disney Plus. Uh, you you can uh, obviously we have a Discord channel too. Check us on a Discord. Great show, guys. I'm so Great happy they show. were. <laughs> I know. Some of the people, we'll put timestamps on the bottom for other people. Uh, you can you check us out on all this other stuff if you want to keep the conversation going. Tell us who you think these characters are. Who do you think Wu is? Who do you think Pietro is? Who do you think the aerospace engineer is? Who, who, what are we missing? Like, we're talking about characters and, and broad strokes, but we definitely miss stuff in this conversation. So, if John Krasinski makes a cameo as, like, let's say that that happens in that universe. And and th- there's got to be a scene where Darcy looks at both of them. And be like, are you guys brothers? That would be amazing. Like just a joke like that would just warm my heart oh, so man. much. I would love it. I mean, they they they're not afraid to make those kinds of jokes. I mean, they had Jimmy Woo make a card joke in his introduction, right? So is what it is. Uh, let's let's quickly go through some nerd news here. Zack Snyder introduces a picture. We'll tag uh, the link to that in the show notes from his uh, tweet. Uh, talking about Jared Leto's Joker has very strong vibes, Mark, to um, the Heath Ledger Joker. What is your rating of this picture and excitement for this character? Well, uh, six out of six because I I'm all in on DC stuff or anything comic book basically. Um, but yeah, that's what was like my question. It's like, is Jared Leto playing a version of the Joker that's gonna be looking like the Heath Ledger Joker? Because why share that picture and congratulate Jarrett Leto, but like it clearly looks like a Heath Ledger Joker. I'm the opposite of you, Mark. I, I'm this is close to a one out of six for me. I, I'm going two out of six, just to selling your opinion. <laughs> I know you are. 
Um, just like I, I'm going to just like out of an abundance of caution, I'm giving I'm going to give Snyder a chance because I am excited for this movie. I don't know why now we need to see this. It doesn't make any sense. The timing's off. It's to hype it up. It's to make uh, more it's people want to come it's watch it. It's dumb. It's going to be a it two-minute cameo. You, it's, it's it's supposed to be a hype. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, man. Even if it's two-minute cameo, then I'm not feeling it. it. There's too much. There's too much going on in this movie, and there's too much that needs to happen to change the outlook of how the first Justice League rendition. Did. Do you think this this tweet will be enough though? Enough hype for Zane to watch this movie that he hasn't seen before, no. or I mean, has seen before. No. Okay. No, Zane. Zane has a lot of sleeping in. Yeah, he's out to do. Yeah, he's out. He doesn't have any time in his hands. He can't do that. For sure. You, Isaac, what do you think of this? I'm honestly, I'm over all of this Snyder cut nonsense. I, I'm gonna give this a three out of six because I just don't really care one way or the other. Like, sure, yeah. it's cool. Give Jared Leto an, another shot. Whatever. At this point, I don't. I don't care. Do whatever you want with your universe. Yeah, I'm just like, dude, does he need another shot? Like, he got a shot. I don't know. It wasn't It wasn't bad, but it wasn't, like, great. Yeah. I don't know. I, it, yeah. It's it's lackluster. Cool. I'll still watch it. Whatever. I don't know. This news isn't going to get me any more hype for this movie, so it is what it is. Uh, reporting from Hollywood Reporter, Wonder Woman 1984 makes a huge streaming debut. This came at the end of January. Nielsen says that uh, it was viewed the most of any uh, feature film in it in that time from the week of December 21st to 27 you want to guess how many minutes that movie was watched i have no clue uh maybe 500 million 2.25 billion wow okay dang it was released christmas day that's the equivalent of 14.9 million complete plays of the 151 minute movie it was also 580 million minutes more than Nielsen's previously reported of Pixar's Soul. So it appears that Wonder Woman won the fight between Soul, which I actually think is a very, very big deal. Uh, what do you think of this news? Does this change your outlook on Wonder Woman, Mark? No. Yeah, Wonder Woman sucks. That's my opinion. I, I'm sure there, like, obviously there's people that probably love it or really like it. And there's people like me who watch it three times to hope it got better each time. And it did once and then it got worse the third time. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> this is a huge win for HBO Max. This is yeah, a right. terrible, terrible loss for movie theaters. Again, they're losing this fight and COVID and all this stuff. Like, I don't know how HBO Max doesn't look at this. Like, it got really bad reviews, guys. Th this one got bad reviews. For them to show those numbers over Soul that really got great reviews and is getting up for awards right now, this is just bad news for theaters. Like, I, they're just gonna have to figure out a companies are gonna have to figure out a way to pay these actors to make it happen because I don't know how the actors and the directors are gonna let it happen. Like, I don't know how Christopher Nolan is gonna let that happen. I, I just don't see it. I, but we'll, we'll find out. Um, this is the big. This to me is some of the biggest news of the week. Black Panther Ryan Ryan Coogler stakes his proximity media banner to a five-year exclusive Disney television deal. He's doing a Wakanda series. In the report, this comes from Deadline. He talks about how he will pay homage and respect to Chadwick Boseman. And obviously, 
just another TV show. He'll work with the same team, Luis Despacito, Victoria Alonso, and all the other major producers that have made everything else. Uh, but Proximity Media and Disney Plus making a Wakanda five-year series, at least for now. It looks like it's going to be five seasons. What is your rating of this news, and what do you think of this jump? Isaac, we'll start with you. Fantastic. Six out of six. Ryan Coogler did amazing with Black Panther, and I don't have any reason to think that he won't do well with a TV show. So I'm all in on this. It'll be interesting to see how they handle um, the character of T'Challa and you know everything that's going on in Wakanda. If it's going to be like a pre-snap uh, show or post, you know it, it'll be interesting to see what comes of it. But I mean, I love this news. I'm I'm all in on it. Mark, what do you want to see from this show? God, just what Isaac said. I hope it's. Uh, I hope we get like a a pre-snap or my bad, post-snap, and then like the second blip. So I would totally enjoy just seeing like, how does Wakanda recover after infinity war? And then, you know where that goes. And then obviously after uh, Hulk snaps, we get uh, T'Challa back and all, you know, the other people that were lost and how they deal with that. Because I think that's my, my big question. I know of, you know, even after Chadwick Boseman passing and, you know, reports that, Hey, they're not going to recast black Panther or T'Challa. Like, I hope they deal with it in a good way, either if it's in the series or in the new movie, Black Panther 2, because I feel like I just don't want it to just be like, oh, he decided to retire and he's going to an island, because they're telling me that he still exists then in the universe. I unfortunately think that's you're going to get an answer like that, Mark. Like, I just, I just feel like as a, as a storyteller, like, that, that doesn't help me. No, I, I agree. It's, it's a messy situation no matter what. You don't want to kill him out of bad taste, but you certainly don't want to, as you would say, send him to some island where he lives off his days, right? You don't want to Frodo Baggins him. Uh, I, I, I'm with, I'm with you guys. I'm floored that Ryan Coogler signed this. This is insane. I want to know how much money they're paying him. It has to be in the hundreds of millions of dollars. This, there's no. Think about this. How much time is he being devoted to this? So if he's not making movies, five year. Well, I, I understand it's five years. Like, I know that. But you didn't tell me how much money he's making over five years. That's what I want to know. And then, I, I mean, I mean, my bad. My bad. You did say, I, I worded that wrong. I meant, like, time in the year right. that no, he I has to saying. spend on this. No, I, I, like, I get what you're writing, saying. writing, production, post-production, pre-production, like, all that. Is this, like, five years of him just working on this stuff? I mean, you would think this would have to be his primary focus, at least, if he is doing the projects. Because then is he getting but... paid, is he getting paid, like, um... What's their faces like? Uh, uh, JJ Abrams is with like Netflix or like the people at Apple, where like they're exclusive with them, getting paid like hundreds of millions of dollars over like five years too. So he's just like right at the peak of taking a really really big movie or making his own really big movie, and it just seems like this would be the time for him to go with another studio and do something really really big. And and maybe he already did that with Black Panther. Some people view that as what Black Panther was. And maybe this, he really enjoys this stuff, and this is what he wants to do. So he's like, oh, yeah. jackpot. You want me to do this for five more years in this in this universe that I kind of jump-started? Of course. Give me give me five more years. It just shocks me, I think, with Creed 2. I think like he's got Creed 3. He, he's got all these other projects that I, I, that I know he's doing, and I just he, – he, this is a big name. If, if Disney can land these big names to do their TV shows, <laughs> I mean – 
doggone it, this Disney Plus experiment might work, man. It's it's clearly working already with WandaVision, but I don't think I expected the level of storytelling that they've already done with this show in five episodes. I a Wakanda series sounds phenomenal, top to bottom, and he built that world um from the the canon of the comic books. And so it's it's pretty impressive. We're gonna save the Sony PS4 PS5 news for next week because I want to do that with Robbie. Um Watchmen writer Stacy O.C. Kufer is tapped to write Marvel Studios' Blade. Mark, you and I loved Watchmen. Isaac, have you finished it? You talked about it two weeks I ago. I did. I did. It is. What was your amazing. rating of the series overall? Six out of six. Absolutely. Great series. I'm sad I was late to the party, honestly, because I it's fantastic. Mark, what was your rating of oh, it? Oh, six out of six. Six out of six for me as well. I, I believe it's an Infinity Snap, too, because Robbie six out of six is it as well. Um, she becomes the first black writer to tackle a Marvel Studios project in the role of a writer. Um, and she's spent the last six months in meticulous, amongst other writers. They've been looking really hard for this role. And, Mark, you brought this up to me today when we were talking about the X-Men, you know, coming into the universe, it's been 20... Yeah, you shared a TikTok where someone was saying, oh, it's been 21 years no making. It's like, well, Blade came out two years before the X-Men. Right, so. so it's been 23 years. And so I wonder how much Feige is going to try to play pay homage to that, but also he has a deep respect for that character that's essentially kicked off everything that's happened here. He wanted a great, he wanted a great writer. Honestly, a Watchmen series writer for me, six out of six. I, I do I am do I know this name? No. Do I care? Absolutely not. She wrote on Watchmen. Give give it to me. Let's go. Like that that's a slam dunk. Doesn't matter who it is. She I, I'm very excited about this. Blade was already exciting with Mahershala Ali coming to play to play that character. Six out of six for me. Isaac. Yep, six out of six. I mean, you basically nailed it. She is a great writer. Watchmen is a great series. I don't know. Personally, if I've seen any of her other projects, but I mean, if it's anything like Watchmen, I'm all in. So six out of six. Mark. Six out of six. Did a good <laughs> job at. Uh... We're not too. We're not too against uh, that news, are we? Pretty big Marvel fanboys. Well, I just like after watching Watchmen, how great of obviously the writing was in that show. Anyone coming from that show that was a writer, I just imagine is going to do pretty well and anything else so we're going to get good quality character building so and someone like blade with his the characters that live inside of that you know uh dome of characters can only i mean she's getting full reign to play with those characters we're gonna get a good pretty pretty good show or movie yeah it, it's watchman and rick or morty for me if you're from those two worlds i'll take you I, I really really would love to to see you mess with some of this marvel stuff let's head over to little bits Little bits. Little bits. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Spider-Man 3. Uh, will Ned be the Hobgoblin? Uh, it was teased through Sony's viral marketing account. I'm slapping the buy button. <laughs> <Already. laughs> Before we even finish the question. For those of us, for those that don't know the, the Little Bits segment, uh, we share a rumor that's going around that's a little more of a popular rumor. Uh, or one that could be false, and we either buy or sell it like a stock. So think of it that way. Okay. 
and Mark's already buying it. You already know that. Uh, so Spider-Man 3 is going to be filled with jam-packed characters. While five heroes are coming into the mix, there are even more villains who are supposed to be involved. We're aware that Electro, Doc Ock, Scorpion, uh, Norman Osborn is apparently, we'll talk about him in a bit, and other blah, 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 blah. But will Hobgoblin be a character with Ned? There was a picture that went around on Sony's social media a couple weeks ago that had an orange uh, fin-looking hood uh, next to Ned. He has also lost a ton of weight. Um, I don't know what the exact number is, but he definitely looks completely different. Are you buying or selling this? Mark, we'll start with you because you were buying it. Uh, I'm going to sell it now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Change your I mind made my profit. You explained it a little bit I'm there. short selling it. <laughs> JK, buying more. <laughs> Buy the dip, baby. Buy the dip. Dude, yeah, I'm buying it. Like, just on the fact, I, it's so cliche and I think it's stupid. But um, Hollywood, you, you like, they make you get in super good shape. A uh, character like Ned, they're like, yeah, you can be whatever. But they're like, hey, if you want to be Hobgoblin, you gotta, like, if you step on a scale, you gotta weigh this much, is basically the most polite way I think you can say that. So, I'm sure that's what was being told to him. And, like, why why do a big body... Like, obviously, he could have just done it because he wanted to be, live a healthier life. But, um, it, like, why not? It's He's gonna be Hobgoblin, buying it. End of story. I'm I, Before we go to Isaac, who is our biggest spider-man fanboy on the show i'm actually selling it i think there's too much here i think they're setting it up for the future i don't think they're doing it for spider-man 3 so it's kind of a i don't know it's kind of like i'll 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 hold that's what i'll do i'll hold i think you'll do a, i'm gonna you'll do an option trade yeah i'm gonna an do option, an option you buy trade. some options yep i'm gonna option trade it i i just don't think i think if he's in spider-man 3 in this role it's a very very small role I actually think he may be the sixth member of the Sinister Six, and I think that would be a great twist for Spider-Man 4, create a lot of great conflict, and create an awesome ending. And you kind of avoid the Green Goblin problem of it all, right? Like, Green Goblin's the big villain. So, Isaac, I defer to you. Go ahead. I'm going to say sell on Spider-Man 3. I think you've got a good finger on it there, Max, though. I think it would be cool to see it down the line. And if they do a Sinister Six movie or Spider-Man 4, or something like that, that would be a cool place for it. I think it's a little early for him to just flip and be like, all right, now I'm a villain, guys. Um, and I'd, I'd like to see... I know, and this is totally maybe personal preference, but I'd love to see Norman Osborn, maybe not even as the Green Goblin, but just Norman Osborn before I see a Hobgoblin. Um, so I'm going to sell on this one. It'd be cool, though. I'm not, like, entirely opposed to it. Just don't think it's going to happen in Spider-Man 3. Let's keep going with little bits. Spider-Man 3, Willem Dafoe. This is reported from comicbook.com, but we're calling it little bits right now because it's still up in the in the air. There's not every, the, main, the main players are not, are not reporting it. Willem Dafoe is coming back to reprise his role as the Green Goblin. Do you buy or sell this? Buy, 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 buy. So this would mean he would have to be pulled out of the Spider-Man universe where he is. If Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in this, totally. Well, Mark, 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 hang on. Let me expound. I want to expound. Okay, I I just, I have a point I want to make that if you, you might miss it. You can make this point, and if I'm, just let me say it. If if they're being pulled out of the movies that we know. As those characters. So yeah, then that would make sense that him and maybe Toby McGuire Spider-Man get pulled out 
at the same time. But then that would leave if Doc Ock and is in it and Sandman's in it. That means like their Spider-Mans differ, or are we getting a Green Goblin that's played by William Defoe pulled out from a different universe? That's what I think. So I'm still buying because you got you got like are you gonna de-age William Defoe? You can give him back his his older face or his younger face. I think all the villains are going to come from all these different universes. I think that's what it's going to yeah, be. I think they just de-age them because it's just going to be a little cameo. I don't think it'll be a huge And part. then you can change their costumes. And remember when Doc Ock gets sucked into that vortex thing that he creates? What if, hear me out, what if that ties into whatever he gets shot out of? Like he didn't just die there. He just got pushed into another universe. That'd be epic. I'm down. It's going to be tough explaining that for everybody, but. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I know I, I I like it. I'm not da- downplaying. I'm just like it's it's a huge pro- Spider Man three. I, I'm gonna tell you right now. It's either gonna be it is either gonna be the worst Marvel movie ever made, or it's going to be the greatest homage and nostalgia filled ride we've ever oh had gosh, in our lives. I cannot wait. That that movie is going to be quite a flick. How many Uncle Bens do you think we're going to get to see in Spider-Man 3? <laughs> and then murdered. Isaac, <laughs> Isaac wants them all killed. Them. I want them all killed. <laughs> I want their blood. Give me their blood, Feige. I get J, J. Jonah Jameson in there. I need pictures of Spider-Man crying because of his Uncle Ben died. So here's one rumor. Here's one like theory going around right now about J. Jonah Jameson. Is J, the J. Jonah Jameson in their world right now is from... The yeah, original Spider-Man yep, I've world. I've heard that one. That but he lives in this Marvel universe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see how. And that's why out. he developed. That's why he developed a podcast. Uh, let's over DC news uh, first. Uh, DC a little bit. Excuse me. Th- there is a piece of news tied to this. We'll talk about this first. Henry Cavill will not appear as Superman in the upcoming sequel, Shazam: Fury of the Gods, according to Variety. Is Spider-Man going to be in? She has Adam. Uh, probably not. But DC. Then you're getting into our into our little bit here. DC Spider-Man is reportedly changing. Well, I guess Mark with the multiverse, and I don't know if you know this. You actually technically can go anywhere. Um, there's infinite. even into another universe of Marvel. Yeah, like yeah, I don't know if you know. It's actually Adam. It's infinite worlds. DC reportedly changing Black Adam's name, possibly affecting Dwayne Johnson's antihero to. <laughs> Okay. Shazadam. Um <laughs> Wait, hang on, hang on. But isn't Shazadam supposed to be the movie instead of Black? Like his name's still gonna be Black I don't Adam. No, I thought that was just the movie title. Yeah. Yeah. Wh- how did you read that, Max? <laughs> I thought that was a movie. Like they're not gonna call the movie Black Adam. They're gonna call the movie Shazadam. Having Shazam. Either and way, Black it's Adam. Dumb. And some buddy cop stupid movie. name. Yeah. Cell. So, the hardest of cells. I actually don't even think it's real. Whoever I think this came is a up BS with the rumor. idea to merge Shazam and Black Adam into a title. Is... What do we get first, Superman two or Shazam? Shazam. Unfortunately, okay. Shazam. And you you meant or to Man say of Man Steel of Steel? Too, I was gonna say we've already had Superman two. We we need Man of Steel two. No, I, I this is so stupid. This is one of the dumbest rumors I've ever heard. That guy should be fired immediately. This is the stupidest. What a name. terrible rumor. It's awful. This is one out of the lowest of ones. Fan, fan fantastic. No, I think I'd take. Fan, I'd rather watch fan fantastic than hear this rumor and think it's real. <laughs> no, oh, this man. is so bad. This is so bad. Rough. I, I, you know what scares me the most about it? To be honest with you guys, I could see it. 
the way DC's been, I could see it. Yeah. I sure hope not, because I that is a terrible idea. I agree. Let's uh Mark, any <laughs> any last second comments? You're the residential DC fanboy. I just who if Warner Brothers is listening, call me up. I can I'll I'll run the gamut just like you gave James Gunn complete reign and I'll make you billions of dollars and everyone will love the movies. You've said that a couple times on this show, Mark. It, let's just real quick before we go to our top five. Would you you day one? What are you doing day one? I am finding out who screwed the last movies and eliminating them. <laughs> so now you've traded in head of DC Warner Brothers to being a hitman. No, no, no. I'm not a hitman. That would indicate no, no, no. that someone hired me to do somebody it. Somebody to do it. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad at least you're paying somebody versus like doing it yourself. No, I I am doing it myself. I sent that. Oh, you're just no, like I, becoming a murderer, I a straight up murderer. The knight. No, no, no. I am the knight. Oh. I am Batman. Right. I am. Yeah. It is. Vengeance. It is a multiverse. So like you could be our our universe is Batman. I guess. I mean, day one. Day one is you call Kevin Feige and you ask him how much money does it take. And he goes, what? Who is this? It's Mark Jones. Don't worry about it. <laughs> How much money does it take to what switch teams need? right now? What do you need? What do you need? And he goes, well, I, it's impossible. You'd have to give me a planet. Done. Pluto's yours. <laughs> right? I manifest like, the planet in our atmosphere. It's like, it's yours, Kevin. Yeah, we've named, it's yours. It's all yours. <laughs> we've named the sun Kevin I Feige. mean, it's not too far off if you're already the CEO of Warner Bros. and eliminating people as a hitman. Well, by the time I'm the head of Warner Brothers, I would have already been the moon with Dogecoin. <laughs> so I'll just give him the moon? my ah, fortune. There you go. Or the moon, you'll yeah. give him the moon. Do you pay Kevin in Dogecoin, or do you pay him in current in like American dollar? Currency? Well, if I'm able to pay him in not my own money, but with the funds that Warner Brothers gives me, yes, I will pay him in Dogecoin to help then elevate the price point of Dogecoin. I'd start with Bitcoin, then go to Dogecoin drastically. I'd, I'd, I'd diversify the portfolio. Nope, all Dogecoin for him, Feige. It's aggressive, but it is a multiverse. It is a multiverse. Let's head over to the top five. D. We're going at three. Infinity Bros. Two. Top five. One. List. Starts now. Every week we like to do a top five based on things that are going on in our world or pop culture world. And it's the Super Bowl week. So we wanted to talk about our top five Super Bowl commercial. I totally skipped Hot or Snot, didn't I? We're already at an hour 30, man. You totally did. I just I just totally realized I skipped it. Hot or Snot. Do, yeah, you you're want right. this We're episode to be two hours, then no, we can do Hot or no, Snot. No, no, no. I, stick I, only have, I only have one hot, so I, I've only I got one hot, stand. too. I've only got one hot, too. We'll, 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 we'll save it for next week, Mark. Save it for next week. Um, we're going to do the top five Super Bowl commercials, and uh, these are going to be commercials that aired on the Super Bowl. You get the bit. Uh, we're going to start with our honorable mentions segment. Mark, we will start with you. I don't got any. <gasps> Gasp. Isaac, we will start. Uh, Isaac, do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple honorable mentions. Um, so I've got the, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I've got the 1984 Apple, uh, commercial. I've got the Mean Joe Green Coca-Cola commercial from 1979. Uh, and I've got the Terry Tate office linebacker commercial from 2003. 
those are my honorable mentions. Uh, Mark, we'll start with you. Number five. Uh, my number five was from last year's 2020 Super Bowl, and it's the Rocket Mortgage Jason Momoa one, where it's you know he gets there and starts taking off all his muscles and like his manliness, and he's like this twig of a person. I found it comical. That was my number five. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's a good one. Love it. Uh, my number five is the Budweiser 2004 Clydesdale football game where the zebra goes under the tent and the zebra is a ref and he says, this ref's an ass. No, he's a zebra. Aha. Good one. I thought it's funnier than you guys gave credit for. No, it's right, whatever, it's dude. funny. No, it's, it's good. Yeah, It's not funny. It's actually not funny it's, if somebody it's, goes, it's funny. It's one of those things where you have to like watch it. You know, it's hard to describe commercials. That's even worse. You're making it worse now. <laughs> I mean, I know that one of these commercials I'm going to butcher describing, and you guys are going to be like, oh, okay. Can't wait for that to happen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Isaac, number five. Go ahead. Okay. So my number five is Puppy Monkey Baby from 2016. That is one of the worst (laughs) Super Bowl commercials I've ever watched in my life. Actually, my wife says that too. She hates that commercial. You but honest to God put that on put that on your list. I did. I think it's hilarious. That commercial is horrible. What was the product again? Wasn't it like a Kickstart? Uh, yeah, like Mountain Dew Kickstart. Mountain Dew Kickstart, uh, like energy drink. And I puppy monkey baby, <laughs> puppy monkey baby. I found puppy myself humming that and singing that like for weeks after the Super Bowl. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, but you know. Max disagrees. Yeah, Max disagrees. I That's strongly fine. disagree. I, I can't believe that made can, a list. You can have your Zebra Budweiser commercial, and I can have Puppy Monkey Baby. <laughs> you can. <laughs> you can. You live with somebody who knows how to, how this stuff works, though, if Holly knows that. Uh, let's go to number four. Mark, number four for you. Uh, my number four is from the 2014 Super Bowl, and it's, um, it's actually more telling now <laughs> and then. It's a Radio Shack commercial. And it's the, it goes, um, like a phone rings in Radio Shack and they're like, Hey, this is the eighties calling back, you know, for, you know, they want their store back because, you know, who goes to Radio Shack anymore? And, you know, it ensues with a bunch of like characters from the eighties coming out and like there's Elf, there's Hulk Hogan, um, other, you know, bigger names from the eighties. And what's funny about it now is like Radio Shack like doesn't exist. Uh, mine is for EDS. Uh, I don't even know what that company is, but uh, they did a herding cats commercial. Oh, it's I brilliant. That one. Anybody who knows me good. knows how much I love cats. It's <laughs> it's a brilliant commercial. Literally, cat shows up in the commercial. Max is like, oh, this is a great commercial. <laughs> this is top five. This is so good. This is the best commercial I've ever seen. <laughs> it's not actually. It's the fourth best Super Bowl commercial I've ever seen. Uh, it came out in two thousand. Well, did the top three have cats in them? I mean. Cats and seals. Yeah, doesn't sound like they have. The rest don't have cats. Uh, it, I mean, no, probably not. The thing is, is with cats and seals, is I'm a sucker for them. Hmm. So one of your top five has a seal in it too, then? Nope. Oh, okay. I'm just <laughs> nope. a sucker for them. Oh, okay. All right. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, am I next? Yeah. Number four. I yeah. have Smotpak from last year. Uh, Chris Evans is uh, hanging out with John Krasinski and, gosh, now I'm forgetting her name, Rachel uh, from Drash. SNL. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> they are using their Boston accent. Smart Pack. It's got Smart Pack. And they say Smart Pack probably, probably about 25 times in the commercial. Hilarious. And doesn't David Ortiz show up too? Yeah, he pops his head out a window. 
Wow, that's Smart Pack. <laughs> Pretty great. I smart love Pack. That. Smart Pack. That's that's one of the most quotable commercials in recent years. I feel like that one that one might stand the test of time. It, it's hard for me to pick like a commercial from last year. I know. I feel like the last like five years or so really hasn't had like stellar commercials. Yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, it's that's hard. that's one that recent memory is has stuck in my head. Smart Pack. Mark, go ahead. Uh, for what? Number three. Number number three. Um, from 2010 Super Bowl. The Snickers commercial. I feel like it might have been the first one where it's this like is the one a, with Betty White. It's the Betty White one. That's that's uh, brilliant. That one's brilliant. And I almost want to say it's the first time that they started using like the whole like, hey, eat a Snickers. I think that's when that campaign started. But yeah, the, just that Betty White's out and playing football and gets tackled. <laughs> oh, so love great. it. Um, I went with a a film one that I to this day it's in my opinion the best Marvel Super Bowl film. So, I'm not film, excuse me, best Marvel Super Bowl commercial. And that was the Captain America Civil War commercial. Uh, up to that point, we hadn't really seen anything from that movie. And you you just got the panning of the two sides. Um, yeah, the airport. And you team. saw Black Panther, yep. and it just looked and great. And I don't think you saw Spider-Man, because I don't think you they did not. revealed him at that point. Nope, yeah, they hadn't times, revealed him. And this was before he was even in a commercial. Like, yeah. this was before the... Hey everyone, commercial. Mm-hmm. So just this one sticks out to me. Infinity War. I thought about it, um, but this one in particular was just absolutely bananas, bonkers, and a g- perfect Super Bowl c- film commercial is what I would say. That came out in 2017. That's my number. My three. number three is the E Trade Baby. First debuted in 2008, and he was hilarious for many years. And then I think he probably wore out his welcome. He, he definitely stuck around for longer than he should have but initially that was one of the funnier commercials in that time period i feel like and they did a really great job of honestly and e-trade you know was one of the first uh mark back me up on this if i if i'm incorrect but e-trade was one of the first like online um trading companies that you could use like just the common you know person could do so I thought that was kind of kind of cool. Definitely the first one that was like heavily advertised. Right. Yeah. And where it's like you didn't you didn't need a stockbroker. Right. To and that was the first trade stock. Yeah. Right. And that was the, definitely the first time I had ever heard of that, and and it stuck in my head because of the E Trade Baby. So. Do you know who voices the E Trade Baby? No clue. It's Pete Holmes, comedian. How about oh, that? Okay. Yeah. Nice. How about that? If you ever seen like those, uh, oh, what is it? Not Funny or Die, but the the college one. Why am I liking that? College humor, yeah. 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 Um, where he does like the Batman. Yes. If you ever seen a Batman yep. college humor, yep. that's Pete Holmes. That's awesome. I did not realize it was him. Cool. I was just watching one of those today, Mark. You're welcome. They're funny. They're good. They uh, number two, Mark. My number two is for 2017, and it is an. I was going to say it in reverse, but this actually makes more sense and I think might be more funny to the audience. It's an Avocados Mexico commercial. So it's, this is about avocados. But just like some great Super Bowl commercials, it does not open up with the product. It is like people in an Illuminati type of like situation, like a ritual is going on, a secret meeting is going on, and they're talking about, you know, conspiracies and what have you. And then it like reveals like, oh, we can, you know, we got these avocados, like blah, blah, blah. And then subliminal messages and some eating guacamole and it's an avocados from mexico commercial yeah i'm i'm watching it right now i've never seen it 
Yeah, it's well. I mean, apparently you didn't watch the 2017 Super Bowl. I must have not been paying <laughs> at that your much house. Attention. Yeah, <laughs> at your house. Um, but yeah, <laughs> at my house. It's like literally been at my house the last like five years, and I missed it for some. Matt, Mark, I gotta tell you, this is low hanging fruit for you to be in the top, in your top five. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's. I'm shocked it's not number one. I'm looking forward to hearing what your number one is, because for you, conspiracy theories are like at the top. Uh, my number, my number two is the GoDaddy Perfect Match commercial where Bar Raffaelli, I, I don't know who that is, but she kisses Jesse Eisman. Remember that nerd making out with her on the commercial and how jarring that was in 2013? I'll never forget watching it because I was with Zane and I looked at him and I've been like, I looked at him and I said, dreams do come true, Zane. <laughs> and Zane was so mad <laughs> at me. For saying oh, that and for comparing him to this guy. <laughs> it's it's a horrific commercial in the sense of like they really let him go at it for like 10 seconds. It's jarring. It's <laughs> disgusting. It's hilarious. It has personal stakes for me, just like Mark's avocado commercial. Well, in the avocado commercial, I know we watched at your house because that's the year that the Patriots had to come back from 20, uh, 24 to 3. 28 to 3. 28 to 3, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. That was the year where you were like super nervous. Yeah, I was super nervous. My team was getting piss pounded, and I had everyone in the room give me suck it signs, and I had to deal with that crap. Yeah, and Robert, then... Robert and Elliot were not going to let you off the hook there. Yeah. No question. And then screw them, and Patriots win in overtime. <laughs> At least you didn't pull, I'm not going to say, At least you didn't pull a certain person we know and pinch your baby and, and leave at halftime. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Isaac, number two. Hello, ladies. Look at your man. Now back to me. Now back at your man. Now back to me. Sadly, he isn't me. But if he stopped using lady-scented body wash and switched to Old Spice, he could smell like he's me. Look down. Back up. Where are you? You're on a boat with the man your man could smell like. What's in your hand? Back at me. I have it. It's an oyster with two tickets to that thing you love. Look again. The tickets are now diamonds. Anything is possible when your man smells like Old Spice and not a lady. I'm on a horse. Old Spice. 2010. You really wrote that down. No, nope. you like I found that and on the internet. Yeah, just for you guys. You're welcome. Thanks, man. Great commercial and spurred a ton of great Old Spice commercials after that one. Your wife is so lucky. Yeah, she is. Mark number one. Uh, before we move on, isn't that Old Spice guy? Isn't he in the Suicide Squad movie? If he is, I was not aware, and I'm interested now. Because isn't he like acting and stuff? I'm sorry to totally go off topic, but it's like that, that just reminded me. <laughs> I got nothing. All right, so my number one. I'll look this up as I say my number one. My number one is from 1999, and it is a Budweiser commercial. And if you don't know where I'm going with this, you, you sleep under a rock. It is the What's Up commercial. <laughs> what's up? That's brilliant. That's a good one. Love it. Uh, my number one is the classic 1984 Apple commercial. Just, just what that's that's done for computers in general, and it, it's I think it's the most historical commercial in terms of relevance to pop culture. So that's why I picked it. Not funny. It's a serious one. Yeah, that one. What was funny was when Fortnite replicated that yes. last year. That was that funny. was funny. Yeah, that's that my good. number one. Cool. My number one is. The Volkswagen commercial from 2011 with the Darth Vader kid. 
You see oh, the Darth one. Vader yeah. uh, kid. He's got the costume on. He's he can't be more than like you know seven or eight years old or something like that. And he is going around trying to use the force on things in the house. Finally, he he gets a little disappointed. He goes outside and goes to the car, tries to use the force on the car, and the dad you know clicks the the button to make the lights go on and off. And he's like, oh, I can use the force, guys. And I watched that back again this time, and I was like, oh, God. as a dad that just got me guys it got me i everything gets me now as a dad but <clears throat> but that commercial did too so that's my you and i one. cry over everything dude it's a problem me. now like i was watching <laughs> okay so full disclosure holly and i are, are going through financial peace university and we were doing one of the lessons and it was so random like one of the things in dame dave ramsey's program is you do this shout out when you're done with all your debt like mm-hmm. hey i paid yeah. off all my debt I was like crying as people were like, guys, I paid off $77,000 in debt. <laughs> I was like, why am I crying right now? This is ridiculous. I'm, I'm a broken man, apparently. So You're crying because you're sentimental, and it's a good yeah, thing. I am Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Dave Ramsey wails. Yeah, he does. You got some debt. Use Dave Ramsey. He's a good, cool he's a good helper for that. Cool dude. He's a good helper for that. Um, well, great episode today, guys. A lot of WandaVision talk, but I think the people want it right now. I think that's that's the big give pop culture thing. So I don't think anybody's going to be upset about it. That's all that. I want to give the people. <laughs> uh, Mark, uh, it was wonderful having you on. Thank, again, to be back with you on the airwaves. Uh, have a great rest of your week, and thanks so much on this episode. I am thankful that I was back. Also, I didn't tell the guys before this. Funko Pop giveaway. Um, just like we do every time, like, share, comment, um, comment either your favorite Super Bowl commercial or your favorite conspiracy theory for Wanda because WandaVision, because because WandaVision, we're all about that. Yeah, yep. Yeah, we got a lot of questions. We need your feedback on that's those are Absolutely. definitely a couple of them. Isaac, uh, uh, thanks for coming on. I guess don't cry too much this week, and uh, but we'll see you next week. Okay. I'm going through uh, Spider-Man the Animated Series, so there might be some tears shed. Yeah, y'all for but, sure. You know. You'll you'll cry for sure at Peter Parker yelling at um, <laughs> Shocker. Remember when he's yelling oh, at Shocker yeah. as Venom? Oh it's like the worst acting of all time Dude. in an animated show. It's so it's so bad. It's Shocker! Good. It's so bad. It's good. That's awesome. I love it. Thanks for coming on, man. You're awesome. Thanks, man. And uh, thank you, Infinity Bros. Universe. Wherever you listen, however you listen, thanks for making us part of your weekday or month. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, on Twitch, or at theinfinitybros.com. Leave us a message, subscribe, or uh, rate us on Apple iTunes. That would help us out a ton. If you love this uh, show and what we're doing, help us out. Support us. We'd love to get your feedback and talk about it on the show. As always, we love you guys 3,000, and we will talk to you later. See ya. Bye. Bye.